back to another episode of Friends of the Vine Wine Podcast. This episode features Jason Osinas. He is the general manager of Township 7 Winery. He was one of the first people I met at Township 7, and I've wanted to chat with him for a while. And as you guys know, the Township 7 Black Dog was basically my epiphany wine. Really kickstarted my passion for wine. Been wanting to chat with him for a while. We get into his background, his origin story, and how he got into wine. And some of his favorite wines, some of his favorite grapes. And of course, the natural wine debate, because that's always good fun. Let's get right into it. Tend to run into people you know. Yeah. Uh, even though, but then there's other times people, someone's like, yeah, I was there the whole time too. How did I not see you? It's just people on the wrong circle. Yeah. Well, we, we seem to be, when we were, for that one, we were, we were doing California and that was kind of the focus. And then we kind of, you know, flitted out to other areas, specific ones, because you can't hit them all. No. So it's like, okay, well, what ones do we really want to hit? Yeah. Or if you run into someone and they say, go here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You always got to have time for those. Yeah. You run into the people who know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. How did you get in the wine in the first place, Jason? I used to own a coffee shop in Whistler. Okay. And then my wife and I got engaged. We were dating and we got engaged and decided that we didn't want to live in Whistler for our period of life. And it was a franchise coffee shop. So to sell it, you need it. There's certain windows that you can sell it because you're, you know, there's no guarantee of the franchise rebooking. So right. we put the put the coffee shop on the market. It didn't sell as quickly as we wanted to. It took about a year to sell. And so in the meantime, we got married and then uh, Heather took a job working for the mountain. Uh, and we, the store sold, it, it changed hands kind of March, so kind of spring, just before spring break. Yeah. Uh, what year is this? 2003. We got married in 02 and in 2003 sold the coffee shop. And then at that time, so I, she had a contract with, with Whistler Blackcomb, so she had to stay till the end of the season because she just did. She was, a, she was a scheduler for all the ski schools. Right. And so I had a pass, and so I literally spent every day snowboarding and just did nothing. And so I had a friend who uh, was, she now lives in Prague, but she was working for hotels. She used to work for me at a coffee, at my coffee shop and then she started working for hotels and she's like, Hey, I'm taking this wine course. Do you want to take it? I'm like, yeah, sure. I got nothing. It was in a, like a Wednesday evening or something like that. And it was ISG level one. And so like, I liked wine, but I didn't really know about it. I, I didn't really, I didn't really know anything about it other than, yeah, sure. It seems, I like wine enough. That yeah. seems cool. And so I took that and that's when I was like, oh wow, this is kind of neat and fun and start learning about what what it was and what it wasn't and different flavors and all around the, you know, the, all around the world kind of thing was, was that. So that just kind of sparked it. And so then sold the coffee shop and then moved back to the city. So we settled in North Van and I started working for restaurants and worked in restaurants for a, a, a while. And then I took my... ISG level two just to continue on that and then just 
did wine touring and wine tasting and the, I volunteered once at the wine festival never again <laughs> just because <laughs> was once well they give you they well it seems like a good good deal because you're like you get a free ticket to the wine fest how fantastic oh no you got to put in all these hours and then if you figure right. out how many hours it is so i got i got i was moving boxes in the warehouse and open yeah, like so it was cool and then and then i just continued you know learning on my own about wine and stuff so then i was working restaurants for a long time and then it was time to have a family and so we had a family and restaurants just aren't perfect for that kind right. of lifestyle my wife's a teacher so she's monday to friday and all the regular stuff off and restaurants aren't that and so uh we we decided to I, or i decided to look for something new and so i was thinking about becoming a wine rep uh just because that kind of you know i love wine and that would be fun to do i guess but it was it was an interesting time because at that time wine uh the economy was kind of going through a little bit of a bump and so they weren't hiring people to be wine reps that didn't have wine rep experience and so i didn't have any wine rep experience i had hospitality and i had restaurant but i didn't have any wine repping experience and so we would love to hire you but we can't because based on this there's people who have more you know how to do it sort of thing and so that avenue didn't go so then i was looking for uh i was looking just for something just looking and see and had opportunities in different restaurants i was like ah, i just don't want to continue that and then township seven showed up on the indeed list and so i applied kind of blindly and came in and and so that was that and there's not a lot of this position in the lower mainland obviously there's not a lot of wineries here in the okanagan there's many more but yeah yeah well and that's funny because we were talking on the way down about what's yeah it, it, for for to have something this big in langley with the ties to the okanagan right like we were thinking okay well there's church and state yeah when we yeah when we first when i first started township was one of two church and state and us yeah. and and we're wonky with two licenses like two locations where right. one brand and the liquor board it's it's not easy to no. to work your way around that and so i don't know how they were able to get two licenses way back when uh so how the original owner started etc cetera, etc cetera. but they did and it was on speculation that you will be always selling everything in both locations right. it, you weren't it wasn't a sneaky way to get a second location or whatever so you're obligated to use are you obligated to use these grapes then is that not it necessarily it's not necessarily about the grapes that are here but more about the there there are certain things that you have to do to keep your license okay of which you can use these grapes sure but that's not the main one it's about more about the production of wine so okay. there are a couple of steps in the wine producing uh wine production that you have to do here and they come and check it out so the fermentation so if you turn juice into wine that goes the storage of wine so you're doing that so you're showing that you're not just being a tasting a room. retail retail yeah. shop and and so you have to show all the working stuff when they whenever they come sometimes they'll come with a not a SWAT team but a group of people and right. you have all your books and you show okay well here was the these are the dates that we were fermenting and here's proof and if you want video it's even video but here's all the fermentation logs and yada 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 and that's so. liquor control board basically yeah yeah 
like uh, Black Dog, Township 7 Black Dog. Yeah. And that was kind of my epiphany. Um, so doing the road trip through France, coming back here, being introduced to Township 7, and the fact having that you, the, having yeah. the Black Dog, and that kind of uh-huh. that kind of lit a fire under me. Cool. And then um, my sister in law bought me a microphone. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so then it all and then it out. all started after that. And oh, then that's, that's when fun. that and then going to the Okanagan. And then last was it last summer? That last summer, I think it was. We were up there quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you were for work. I was for work. Oh okay. So, yeah. so I then it can be yeah, it's convenient, convenient when you can do that. Yeah. yeah. It's, I like. I like the wine industry because it's so small that you can really, you can meet people and get into it. You don't have to try too hard to then stumble upon right. meeting the right person. Right. And I found that for the most part, people are incredibly welcoming mm. and want to share their knowledge or experience or wine or whatever, especially if you are going from a wanting to learn right. situation and it's it's really really cool well, well we it, went we went my wife and i went through with restaurants we had a lot of opportunity to then do some touring yeah and do some stuff some really fantastic experiences just mind mind-blowing stuff but then there would be times that just with the uh, the um, the things that we were selling then of course the wineries would be like oh you're selling a lot so come and visit us so then right. we would go in and it was just awesome i think i think because bc is so young when it comes to wine and you, there's there still is that there's no one here to a degree that is a seasoned vet that you, you can't say you know you can't say oh i'm the third fourth generation winemaker yeah. it's it's cl- it's close but not there yet yeah, yeah it's close that so all the ogs are can, still are, yeah, are still in the, the tasting room still, like uh yeah. uh david tantalus yeah, um, like and Sandra Oldfield is around, uh, you know, and yeah, you can come in as a as a newbie who doesn't know anything. Yeah, and you can still be that original one of those yeah. you know, old school guys. Yeah, and they will still be happy to teach you everything because sure. yeah. the the whole industry here is so young that that and very welcoming because I think maybe because it's young, but also because everyone's so excited. And also, we're and Canadian. So Canadians are Canadian. just more welcoming, but I and, and, I, like, and just more engaged. And trying, everyone wants. If if one person succeeds, everyone succeeds. True. Yeah. So if if you get BC on the map, it's like the old days with with California. If one guy hit it, right, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna make it. Yeah. And and to get BC on the map, they know that if everyone if if one person is known now, it'll yeah. it'll grow everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny <laughs> what I was saying about the town, the blacktop because I usually will reference. Yeah, I've heard. Once, yeah, once a, yeah, once a yeah, yeah. You, um, you, 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 you have done that. I have. I have, I have referenced. I have referenced a couple times. What is there? A, is there a grape for you that uh, that, that started out, it? That started it, or is there? Is it's there something it's that funny. I figured. It? I figured you might ask that question. And for me, the one wine that just that first got it that I was like, wow, I really enjoy this drink was Wyndham Estate Bin Five 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 Shiraz from Australia. It was yeah. approachable and juicy and yet had something that just, at the end of the day, tasted really good. I was like, wow, this is really cool. This yeah. is awesome. And what is this? And yeah. so now I look at it and go, oh, wow, that is such a simple wine because it's made in right. huge quantities, et cetera, et cetera. But that was it. And so for me, I think the first, my first love was probably, I could say Shiraz. Yeah. And then I just loved everything about California. Yeah. Big Napa cabs yeah. and big oaky shards I really, really love. Yeah. 
But the more I drink wine, the more wine geeky I get, and the more I don't like certain things, and I can get picky on certain things. And I think what's funny about that is when you are, it's hard to have that not come across as snobby when really it's just your personal taste. You're being taste. selective and you're yeah. starting to refine your, yeah. you refine your palate and refine what you like. Totally. But yeah, without, totally. without, yeah, without saying no. It's the thing is, it's that whole oh I don't like or I don't. It's like well no, I'm just I'm choosing. I've had it. Yeah. But I'd rather gravitate towards. Well, just because you know, if somebody can sit down and enjoy a six dollar bottle of super high RS right. wine and go, I love this. I, I'm not going to laugh at them. Well, maybe not to their face. I won't <laughs> laugh at them. But but it, it, there's so many different styles yeah. and types of wine and yeah. just even varietals. Like at yeah. Township Seven here, we make. 22 different skews you don't have to like them all no it doesn't and if you don't like it, it doesn't make it a bad wine and if you like it it doesn't make it a good wine it just makes it good to you and i think Make, that's yeah. what i really like yeah. about wine it, it makes it what what you're and the, the thing is palettes change totally uh whereas I've, i we were kind of going through an australian shiraz phase um now i've been getting the whites a lot more lately um going getting on a riesling kick last a while and, yeah, and i think more, you get to your, your your you get your wine geek status when you start saying you like riesling yeah you know like it's yeah. like oh you like Re oh you're one of those oh, guys one of those okay guys. oh yeah. fantastic yeah. okay good well yeah i went to uh top drop and um i the day before the main event is all the little individual events and i went and i sat at the one that had synchromesh wines okay so two of his rieslings uh he was pouring two of his reasons there I just, I mean, I'm always a Pinot guy as well. That's yeah. always my, Pinot's always my number one. And I've heard that too. Yeah, yeah between once, Black Dog and Pinot, it, show, Pinot. it shows up in, I'm, in I'm here. I'm going to get a tattoo that says Pinot, Pinot, Pinot. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Gonna say. But, yeah, it's, again, like you said, it's, it's, it's what's your preferences. I love Napa Cabs. I love um, big Shiraz and big mm -hmm. Shirazes and, and those kind of things as well. But then, like you said, like right now I'm kind of, and I'm trying to explore as well. Like you're trying to, you're trying to, hit different oh totally you know what yeah, I mean like totally. you can only drink some people though will do only straw and they'll yeah. only ever do straw and that's fine but my my thing is okay well I haven't really done this well let's let's go this way now for yeah. a bit and still sometimes go back to the the loves right like the pinots or whatever but my but, my thing is is as why at the end of the day wine still it's made to be enjoyed and I I don't ever want to get to a spot where I'm standing around with something in my glass and I'm drinking it just because it's the hot thing right, right. now or it makes me look cooler because I'm drinking that. Yeah. At the end of the day, if I like something, I yeah. like it and I want to drink it. I want to I want to pour it and go, yeah. I'm enjoying this. This is I bought this wine because I love it and I want to drink it, not wow, I can barely stand it. Yeah. Like I but it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, I can't, I can't do that. That's funny. We should segue into natural wines. Oh, that might be where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard that's... for us because I'm really, really, really picky on wines too. Okay. And I always feel like I've had, like, I'm a teacher too, so I have like colds constantly, and I feel like that really influences sure. what yeah. I drink. And you'll say, oh, you'll like this one. I'm like, nope. Yeah. No, she'll, she'll find it. She'll, she, she needs so it to be try. bigger. She needs it to be bigger. Okay. She just finds so that she just doesn't it. taste it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and everybody's taste is is so different. So yeah. like, uh, there there are some people who just they can't pick up certain things. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I'm not gonna get it. And that there's nothing wrong. Yeah. But everybody's taste is a little different. 
Uh, yeah. Flowers are very different. Yeah. yeah. And like things, you'll pull out things like I was thinking of that smoky wine that I had yeah. in the Okanagan. And they poured it for us and we're like, actually, oh, we opened the wrong bottle. And I was like, no, I'll just take all of those. I like it. She loved it. Oh, yeah. She loved oh, it. Yeah. yeah. We were at Hatch, yeah. Hatch Wines. And, uh, and yeah, it was just... We love their that there's some smoky smoky style. Was it smoke taint? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, it, yeah, yeah. It was it specific? Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. And as soon as you opened it, I was like, ooh. You were like, ooh. But I'm also a big Scotch person. Well, okay, like so you like the peaty like sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. And, and I think go. I think that's so funny because there are times that like with wines, there are so many wines on the market that we consume on a regular basis that are technically faulted. Mm-hmm. And so by definition they're faulted so then should you know if they're on some you know the ms tasting are they gonna say there's a faulted wine get rid of it uh but but some of it's in winemaking and some of it they've been doing it in different parts of the world like that for years and that's just the taste Mm -hmm. and again they open it up and do it my wife's to the point where she'll open a bottle of wine that's been or have a sip of wine that's been open for a couple of days and go oh it's fine where i'm like wow i can't even consider drinking that but she's like yeah it's fine it's good i'll drink it and i'll find wines vinegary a lot of times that you don't like i'll be like oh i can't it's off okay like no it's not not at all yeah i think it's where your palate is and stuff like that things that you're tasting right away Totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. Should we go on the natural wines? Well, yeah, sure, a little bit. I'm no expert on natural okay. wines. Tell, it's more... What's your take? What's, what's your... What's you know, your, I do think... Do you like them? Do you not like them? Do you drink them? Do you not drink them? Well, natural wines are an interesting thing. I, 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 yes, I drink them. I have had some from time to time because, of course, it's a, it's an interesting phenomenon that's going on in wine right now. I haven't found one that I completely love, but I... I totally support and think it's cool because if we look at wine from way, way back and especially all the rules that are there from uh, France, it's like, okay, Bordeaux must be made this way with these grapes, period. Well, now they're changing and letting more grapes in and changing how they can do things. And Italy, you must do it this way. And some other people are like, nah, we're going to do it our way. And so we ended up with some fantastic wines because people broke the mold so natural wine is people playing around with stuff going why don't we try and do something that goes back to how they would have done it it may have tasted years ago when they haven't got it so just like anything there are better natural wines and there are horrible natural wines but there are fantastic still wines and there are just horrible still wines that are just made poorly so it's not I mean, one where I would buy a case. That's the thing. If, if you go back to prior to Appalachians and prior to when you just had some monk in a cave yeah. of wine, you know, yeah. he was experimenting. He was, I mean, that's how they were. That's back in the day. That's Yeah, that look was, at how Bubble came about. Like, oops. You yeah. know, like, yeah. they didn't have all of the... Uh, technology to be yeah. able to keep wine pure and clean and 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 done properly. Uh, nature happened. I think it's also, and I mean, I've you you know uh, if you've listened, I've had this conversation where it's it's a philosophy on. I mean, for me, it's also the the small, you know, small production. Uh, if you are not, I don't want to say mom and pop, but if you're a small production. You're not some big batch wine yeah. that is pouring out thousands and thousands of liters, yeah. right? If you're taking, if you're being conscientious about your wine, it's, to me, it's not about how much oak or how much um, how much sulfur. It's if you're paying attention, 
you know, you're being, you're being, you're trying to be or, organic or biodynamic or just trying to pay attention rather than using pesticides and rather than sure. using making thousands and thousands of liters and, and actually paying attention and, and being this the minimal I, I guess I like the minimal intervention yeah words, yeah yeah wording as opposed to natural yeah because it's just a philosophy of I'm paying attention to what I'm doing as opposed to I'm just I'm farming everything by tractor well and yeah and just and just that whole just taking advantage of what's going on I think you have to have that uh, that sustainable plan right, right and I think that's more of that's more of what I would like. I would right. like a winery to be sustainable, not just right. not just in their practice, but uh, not just in their practice of making wine, but also in their practice of of uh, their business practices and their recycling practices yeah. and all that stuff. So the footprint they're leaving is not as huge as right. it it did. They're they're leaving something set up for for future years and generations, which is really important. And that to me is what the that to me is what more than how much oak they use or not, don't use or how much sulfur and how the, the actual winemaking tinkering yeah it's more to me about whether it is sustainable and how, what their impact sure. is and so that sustainable question then is at the end of the day you also have to sell your product so the reason why we turn our light on right. is to sell the product yeah. the reason why a bottle of wine gets made is yeah. to get consumed yeah. sure but if you're an amateur winemaker making wine, you just want to consume it because it's you love it. Yeah. Uh, and you know those grandfathers who are still making wine, the the Portugal, the Portuguese make, people that come, yeah, kind of thing, and they're you know, and they're, they're drinking it because they want to do it. But right. when you choose to do this as a business, whether you're making T-shirts or making wine, you're, you, the plan is you want to sell it so that you can be around next year and pay your people and have a little bit of a make, profit make a living and, and, and so you have to be able to sell your wine and it's been interesting to watch the the wine world change to the demands demands requests maybe demands is harsh but the requests of the consumer the consumer's changing yep. what they want is changing california reds have changed over the last 10 years, 15 years to the point of some of the stuff that gets sold now, there's no way it would have been sold before, but people's palates change. And, yeah. and that's been a really interesting thing. And as a, uh, as a winery, it's hard uh, to, no, it's not hard, but you, you got to make sure you stick with your game plan, right. but you still got to sell your product. You got to listen to your consumers telling, you know, if they want a Chardonnay that's more oak, Right. And you can stand by it and say, oh, this is what it is. It's going to sell. So there's that fine line between wine geek and mm -hmm. who who really is drinking it based on what their view of the wine is. And then the business side of selling it. And that's and I guess it's also kind of an ethic, you know, an ethical question. You can still be a, a wine geek. But also sell Oki shirts. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. You know. Yeah, I think it's lose your yeah. soul. You're no, lose no. Your soul and, yeah, no, no, no. And I, um, and also you think you can. Like I sell wine on a daily basis out of the tasting room, and I talk about it. And my goal is not to sell you the wine that I like, but it's to sell you the wine that you like. Yeah. And and you know any you go to yeah. a restaurant. Way, sure. They should, they should be asking you, well, what do you like rather than. Exactly. Here's what I like. Exactly. Drink it, drink it. And that's what I find a good psalm. A good psalm is somebody who can ask me the questions that I would like to match up and maybe give me some suggestions within my price point or within my uh, flavor 
profile that yeah. I'm looking for that yeah. matches best, not just here I got this thing. And right. so that's, you know, oh, well, you should drink this because X, or you should drink this on the other side is because the big brand paid me a lot of money to try and push it. Yeah. That's the other thing too, is that's a, that's a tough thing. Let's, let's talk Township 7 for a second. Cool. So we've got... How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> we've got a winery here in, in Langley, and we've got the winery up in the Okanagan. Yeah. Yeah. 22 different varieties, you said? At least, yeah. I don't know if that... Yeah. yeah don't don't fact check me on yeah. that, but it's at least that. So at least 22 different labels. Skews, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, some are blends, obviously, so... Yeah, um, and some are sm a very small lot. Right. You're... I mean, you, you're, you've got pretty much everything. You've got, uh, you've got your Chardonnays, you've got... Sauvignon Blanc, you've got big reds, you've got your Syrahs and your Malos and, and uh, the, the, the Black Dog and the Bordeaux type lens. And, yeah, yeah. And you've got your rosés and kind of everything in between. Yeah, and a little off dry. The thing, we, we don't have super, super sweet, yeah. uh, but we, you know, our white portfolio goes from, from dry and crisp and uh, nice acidity, like a good Riesling that starts to get that lovely petrol nose after you've aged it for a bit. All the way to just an easy drinking, off dry Gewurztraminer blend to big reds. Yeah. yeah. And then bubble. Lots of bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can talk about BC trends in terms of what's going on at the winery experience. And so I've been at Township 7 for six and a half years. And what is really, really cool is the average consumer who is coming here is much more educated and I'm not talking necessarily formal education uh, you know like the WSET or anything right. but they definitely are they're searching things out because they realize they like wine and they're coming to the source yeah. but I don't think that's just happening in wine it's happening with farms people are sourcing out where their pork comes from and where their vegetables come from and people want that and so they want to connect with where things come from yeah. and so it's hard to say that that's a trend because when you say trend you kind of think that that's something that's going to come and go. Come and go yeah and this is just something that keeps adding more and more people are coming and enjoying wineries on a daily basis sitting enjoying a bottle of wine and we, you know if you look around we're sitting outside here and you can see there's people hanging out having a bottle of wine yeah just enjoying the fact that they're at a winery and and they don't they're not just on holiday they're, yeah. they're not on holiday they're just having a monday which is I think, cool i think it's it's let's call it the new normal yeah where and i know i've uh, i know a few other people have said the same thing where people want to research where things are coming from they want to have that yeah emotional investment with, and connection and connection yeah with the with the, with their butcher, with their produce, with their wine, whichever they, and then the, the fact that they can research it now. Yeah. Well, and I think what's also nice is if we go back to uh, a little while ago when we were talking about how young BC wine is, you can go and walk into Colmena and I think, I think it's neat because you can go and meet these people who have been around and have, have really formed what's going on with BC. And then the, the new people who are coming in and got their fire lit because of them are now either buying wineries or, or becoming winemakers at different places and it's really really cool and so uh, people can come and just see hear taste and hear the stories it's not just 
oh, how much oak has been in it or how, what kind of oak, which is fine. And if you want to talk about harvest date and bricks level and, and all that kind of stuff, that's fine. But for me, it's more about what, what are the stories? So I love, I love it when people come in and go, Hey, what, how, how did Township 7 get here? Where's the name from? How did it, what's planted? Why is it planted there? Like, that's the cool part. Yeah. Why did you choose to do what you did? And then what have you learned from the mistakes that you've made? Because they, there's been heaps of mistakes made in every wine industry as you're trying to go. Uh, and yeah. so it's neat to, it's neat to be that. Uh, so it's, it's definitely not a trend that more people are coming to wineries, but more people are sourcing it out as, uh, as a point of, uh, entertainment. It's also, it gives you more value for your wine. You can go to a liquor store or grocery store and buy a bottle of wine and take it home and it's still going to taste good. But to me, it tastes way better if you've taken it off the shelf of the winery. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same with, so in Port Moody, you've got all the craft breweries. Of course. Yeah. And learning and becoming invested in like, for example, Yellow Dog. Yellow Dog, when it was first open, we were, we were there within the first couple weeks. Oh yeah. That's my, that's my hood too. So it's, it's, it was that is hilarious to see how big they are now not hilarious bad but back in the day when they couldn't even keep yeah. up with the volume and they had that six foot yeah. tasting bar right. and yeah <laughs> it yeah. was and now it's a big monstrosity yeah. That, you, yeah that's the thing is getting that emotional connection yeah. or in saying you know what i'm i'm loyal to this brand yeah and uh and everything that you everything that you're standing for everything yeah. that you're, you're you're providing us also what i think is cool is I like finding things that not everybody necessarily has. So when people can come and we can use Township as an example, you can get a bottle of Black Dog that you pull that out at a dinner and people like, hey, wait, what? what is this? Yeah. I've never had that before. Yeah. We can all go buy a bottle of Behringer Knights Valley or buy a bottle of Camus and everyone, yeah. everyone can all go buy a bottle of that and you know where it came from and you know how much it cost and you know, isn't that great? But some of these small producers that are, it's neat to be able to do that and have that experience. And then the story of that, the amount of times that you've talked about Black Dog on your podcast, I'm sure it's even more in just your life. When you sit around with with Daryl at the barbecue and you're just talking about those kind of things, that story then just goes on and on. And that's what then has caused you to then enjoy wine. That's one person, one type of wine that has then... rippled to many many people Mm -hmm. that's what i like i love finding that those kind of experiences and that's that's the cool part so okay so that begs the question then why why the name black dog for the wine and why why township seven okay so so a little a little bit about township seven the the original owners were called the colemans they used to work in the okanagan and and wanted to start a winery at that point down here in the fraser valley shabberton had has been existing and it was shown that this little bit of the campbell valley uh region was a little was a different terroir than even just five blocks that way or that way it was different it's a little bit warmer here and we're on 16th it's even a little bit warmer here than on 20th or 22nd and so uh they then wanted to do that so they bought this property which is about five acres and it was all uh orchards so uh and so they then planted they chose to plant 
Chardonnay and Pinot Noir with the plan of making sparkling wine. So uh, it's cooler here, so the grapes will ripen slower and more consistently. So develop, uh, keeping the acidity and not developing big, huge sugars that you would want for sparkling wine. Uh, so you're in the township of Langley. Back in the day, they numbered the property. So this was number seven in the township of Langley. Uh, the, so they planted the vines in 99 and then in 2000 got their winery license so then did everything here uh, so they they would then get grapes from the Okanagan and then bring them down here and produce them and do all that kind of stuff and it was here and then in 03 they bought the property on the Narambana bench and then basically shifted all the production up there for all the reasons you know it's yeah. you're you're close you have more vineyards there your winemakers closer to the vineyards that you're going to do etc 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 and have been running two locations ever since and black dog black dog there's a whole bunch of cool stories around black dog uh and it's uh yeah it's a it's a it's a funny one so maybe when you're editing this you can play some led zeppelin sure and uh put a little black dog in there and whenever yeah. we have a winemaker's dinner we often if we're gonna pour black dog we often crank that just just nice. well just because it's well why wouldn't you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah like why wouldn't you <laughs> just on its own yeah. uh every once in a while we do that not everybody gets it at first they're just like wait a sec they're like oh right this is black dog okay yeah uh so i may request that i didn't uh you know in my rider before coming on here i suggested all these things the m&ms didn't happen but uh, maybe i'll say please use that if you're allowed to i don't know if you oh, yeah. Do. yeah but uh the reason why it's called black dog is uh when one of the winemakers he did the first press juice of everything and he blended it right then and had a tank of it and then oh he's like okay and then he's gonna put it in a barrel and it was a huge wine that was then uh huge wine with lots of tannin and he's like wow this this wine's got to sit in barrel for a long time so it was sitting in barrel and so there's two things one he had a black dog and the black dog was always in the way so wherever you were okay black dog okay move out of the way well when you're in a really small winery you've got a lot of uh, barrels and you have to move you don't have room for everything it's yeah. not perfect so you move stuff around to do what you got to do so these uh, barrels of black dog were always in the way because whenever they had to do something they had to move them you couldn't just move them in a corner because that corner then would be used for something different so then the black dog that was always in the way that yes. was kind of it so the black dog the zeppelin connection yeah. and the fact that these barrels were just always in the way cool. so to this day what it is is it's always the first wine that our winemaker makes so our winemaker is mary mcdermott she's been with us since 2014 uh and it's so when she's getting the first grapes in she'll know before they come into the 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 uh, crush pad what's going to be good quality because she's been out in the vineyards but right. she'll go okay so it's going to be it's not always a bordeaux varietal because sometimes there's syrah in it and so we'll have it'll be predominantly merlot or cab then cab franc and sometimes syrah and it's newer barrels better oak longer maceration all of the things to do that because this is the wine that we built our wine club around and it's uh it's a sought after wine that's not available you can't get it unless you get it from the wine club we're particular we don't sell it unless you're in wine club and if even if i had extras like which i usually don't like 
don't sell them. And so it's a it's a really fun wine. So I think there's it's a fantastically built wine, but the fact that there's story behind it mm. then makes it taste even better. Yeah. The bottle looks cool. Like everything is cool about it, yeah. and it's not one that you can get anywhere else. But at the end of the day, the juice is still good. Yeah. And so when you open it up, it's still got to taste good. And that's what that's what as you know as I've referenced many times on the on the on the podcast the the story of Daryl bringing out his allotment for the year yeah is great but the fact that the wine also is fantastic yeah, yeah. doesn't doesn't hurt the story yeah. at all you know i a good a good story and a good experience in the front of the house of uh, of a winery can get sales can get people excited but to have longevity to have consistency you have to have good wine and yeah. that's where you have to be able to make sure that your winemaker has the tools to be able to make good wine you can have the odd blip of the odd vintage or the odd whatever because it's farming but it's still like it should be purposeful like what's right. the reason why this wine tastes this way and your winemaker should have made it that way taste yeah. that way because this is what this vintage speaks this yeah. is what this vintage did and unfortunately i've been to some wineries where the story is awesome and the room is awesome and the people are amazing and the wine just doesn't hold up to yeah. it it's not unsimilar to go into a restaurant where they've spent 10 million bucks on the restaurant and have a fantastic host who smiles and brings you to a table and the server is bang on and the yeah. the bartender makes a half decent cocktail and the food comes out and it's just blah just so just so, uh, yeah. just boring and yeah. but you got to put it all together and so uh, to me that's really important it doesn't always have to be you don't have to drink black dog every day to find to say that oh wow i really like township seven you can have our sauvignon blanc or our merlot or our ones that we make a lot of and still be equally as excited about it because that's that's it you're not you're not going to hawksworth every night for dinner right but every time you go out you should have an experience go that well that was value for my dollar yeah you know dollars are hard to get we work hard to get them and so if you're going to take it from me give me some sort of value i have to feel i got value value for your money yeah, yeah. and value isn't always cheap so I, I've had bad value in a $12 bottle of wine and I've had bad value in a $50 bottle of wine. But also, I've also had great value in a $12 bottle of wine and great value in a $50 bottle yeah, of wine. For sure. So. Do you have a, uh, a Desert Island wine? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I used to. I used or to. Desert uh, Island uh, grape. Desert Island grape, but... Is there one grape that... Yeah, I think if I had one, I would still say Syrah. Syrah? Yeah. yeah. You know, my initial Aussie Shiraz love uh, has probably morphed due to my experience just being able to taste wines from around the world. So, because if I said Syrah, then I could include in nice earthy Syrahs from Rhone, and I could still put some uh high-end Shiraz from Australia. Like, for the longest time, my uh, one of my most special wines was black e and e black pepper shiraz from australia and it's it's expensive yeah. it's it's and but it's fantastic and i loved it but then you can get syrah from washington state and and british columbia that is kind of has the range so it can still be earthy right. and dirty and stuff so i think if i had to have one i'd have say syrah but i wouldn't just say that because then that would leave out 
Chardonnay right. Right. <laughs> because then you get a yeah. nice Chardonnay with a good use of oak that just is balanced and uh, takes the acid. It still has some nice acidity to it. So I, but I couldn't. I, I know what you're saying though with the Syrah because like for, for BC wines you can have a Northern Rhone style, you can have a Southern yeah. Rhone style, yeah. you can have. Uh, it's the same with me with my Pinot, right? I can, I can have a burgundy style you've got organ style yeah you, sure you know or you could even just have it cheap and cheerful and and it it's quaffable and it's yeah. got some it's got a little bit of sweetness to it that yeah. you kind of go wow this is nice a little light chill on it just yeah. i'm drinking yeah. it because it just tastes good i don't yeah. need to i don't need to rip it apart and go oh what's in this glass today yeah but sure. uh yeah so yeah. that's i have pinot's well, Syrah, a, you know, Syrah's your, Syrah's yeah your baby, i think though. I think I think it probably would be. I don't drink in enough of it, but I like it. Oh. We were doing a wine tasting for our wine club uh, four years ago, uh, and we had varietal glassware, and we were going through uh, more speaking of the different type of wine and then where it came from. So Pinot in a Pinot glass, and then at that time we were getting wine from Sperling Vineyard. So talking about how it was biodynamically farmed and why this grape tastes the way that it is etc so our winemaker went through and was doing some of the presentations and i did some of the presentations and so as the club members would come in they would uh it was all set with the you know tasting mat and all the glasses and all ready to go and so we had an oaked chardonnay our reserve chardonnay which is 100 percent oaked in a oaked chardonnay glass as you didn't think and a one of the ladies uh, in our wine club came in and uh, she was swirling her glass and she was there early and she said went to her friend she goes i have no idea why we're drinking chardonnay from this beaujolais glass and <laughs> to this day it's hard not to laugh at that because then we use this and uh, laugh about it at the winery a lot yeah. and i think that's the fun part about wine is you know, I, I could laugh at her and call her silly or whatever, but that's just what she had. Yeah. In her mind, that was what it is. But we're all learning. We all are learning different... Uh, wow, I'm Whoa. just watching that hawk. Just Look at the uh, size of that. Yeah, he's going somewhere. The Captain Holt reference from Brooklyn 990 goes... Uh, he's, he's pissed off. He's really pissed yeah. off. And uh, the sergeant goes to him and he goes... Uh, uh, he just starts chugging this chugging this wine and he goes sir you, you you didn't even smell the bouquet you you always smell the bouquet and he goes uh i'm drinking beaujolais from a burgundy glass and i don't even care <laughs> oh wait it's a sauterian glass oh <laughs> look at this the alcohol has rendered me a simpleton uh, <laughs> i i watched that episode oh and it was pretty funny i think that might have been lost on some people but it was pretty funny it's just yeah. and i mean that's just that's that's if you know that show the whole, it, the whole so it just, it, dry and, it, and straight laced it, and yeah it, yeah that was a funny episode for yeah. sure cool yeah let's uh, uh let's leave it there cool yeah no that was we that could, was great we so hours. yeah we probably yeah. could well Thanks, hey Jason. yeah no it. yeah no it was really cool so yeah, yeah you're calling this the b-sides i hope so <laughs> <laughs> i think we're going to leave it there for now thanks for listening for more wine conversation and podcast updates you can follow us on instagram at Ian's Wine Truths. Check out our website for great photos of our guests, friendsofthevine.podbean.com. Take care. Have a glass for me. <laughs>